July 28th. As we look into the New Testament today, we'll be reading from the book of Romans, chapter 11, verses 13 through 36. The theology of Romans 9 through 11 magnifies God's grace and extols His sovereignty. Never lose the wonder of your salvation or of the greatness of God. No matter how deep the valley or difficult the battle, a vision of God's greatness puts joy in your heart and strength in your soul. God knows what He is doing, even if you do not fully understand it. Trust Him. There's a future for Israel. Paul is proof of that. And so is Israel's past history. God has always had a believing remnant in Israel, no matter how dark the day. When you become discouraged about the future of the church and feel that you may be the only faithful Christian left, well, just focus on God's greatness. We cannot explain all the purposes and plans of God, but we can worship and praise Him for who He is. And the end result of all Bible study is worship. And the end result of all worship is service to the God we love. It was Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, who wrote, Fate says the thing is and must be, and so it's decreed. But the true doctrine is God has appointed this and that, not because it must be, but because it is best that it should be. Fate is blind, but the destiny of Scripture is full of eyes. Fate is stern and adamantine and has no tears for human sorrow. But the arrangements of providence are kind and good. Well, now let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. July 28th, Romans chapter 11, verses 13 through 36. I, Paul, am saying all of this especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I lay great stress on this, for I want to find a way to make the Jews want what you Gentiles have, and in that way I might save some of them. For since the Jews' rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, how much more wonderful their acceptance will be! It will be life for those who were dead, and since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their children will also be holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the Jews, have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who are branches from a wild olive tree, were grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in God's rich nourishment of his special olive tree. But you must be careful not to brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. Remember, you are just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember those branches the Jews were broken off because they didn't believe God, and you were there because you do believe. Don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the branches He put there in the first place, He won't spare you either. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe to those who disobeyed, but kind to you as you continue to trust in His kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. And if the Jews turn from their unbelief, God will graft them back into the tree again. 
He has the power to do it. For if God was willing to take you who were by nature branches from a wild olive tree and graft you into his own good tree, a very unusual thing to do, he will be far more eager to graft the Jews back into the tree where they belong. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud and start bragging. Some of the Jews have hard hearts, but this will last only until the complete number of Gentiles comes to Christ. And so all Israel will be saved. Do you remember what the prophets said about this? A deliverer will come from Jerusalem, and he will turn Israel from all ungodliness. And then I will keep my covenant with them, and take away their sins. Many of the Jews are now enemies of the good news, but this has been to your benefit, for God has given His gifts to you Gentiles. Yet the Jews are still His chosen people because of His promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts and His call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the Jews refused His mercy, God was merciful to you instead. And now, in the same way, the Jews are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you. But some day they too will share in God's mercy, for God has imprisoned all people in their own disobedience so He could have mercy on everyone. Oh, what a wonderful God we have! How great are His riches and wisdom and knowledge! How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His methods! For who can know what the Lord is thinking? Who knows enough to be His counselor? And who could ever give Him so much that He would have to pay it back? For everything comes from Him, everything exists by His power, and is intended for His glory. To Him be glory forevermore. Amen. In the early chapters of the Institutes of the Christian Religion, written by John Calvin, Calvin makes a statement that goes something like this, Hence, that dread and terror by which holy men of old trembled before God, comma, as Scripture uniformly relates. What Calvin was saying is this, that there is a pattern to human responses to the presence of God in the Scripture. And it seems that the more righteous the person is described, the more he trembles when he enters the immediate presence of God. There is nothing cavalier or casual about the response of Habakkuk when he meets the holy God. Do you remember Habakkuk's complaint where he saw all of the degradation and injustices that were sweeping across the landscape in his homeland? And he was so offended by this that he went up into his watchtower and he complained against God and he said, God, you are so holy that you can't even behold iniquity. How can you stand by and let all of these things come to pass? And he said, I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to wait until God answers my question. And you remember what happened? That when God appeared to Habakkuk, he said, 
my lips quivered, my belly trembled, and rottenness entered into my bone. What happened to Job? When he waited for the voice of God, and when God showed himself to Job, Job said, I abhor myself. I repent in dust and ashes. I have spoken once. I'll speak no more. I will take my hand and put it upon my mouth. As Calvin said, the uniform report of sacred scripture is that every human being, whoever is exposed to the holiness of God, trembles in his presence. We begin reading now in Psalm chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. We'll read about the crucifixion. Because he was a prophet, David was able to write about the Messiah centuries before he came. Crucifixion was not a Jewish form of capital punishment, yet David describes it accurately. And as we read, you'll see Jesus at Calvary, his cry to the Father, the period of darkness, the ridicule of the people, his thirst and pain, his pierced hands and feet, and the gambling for his clothes. There is a lot of detail here. Remember, he endured all these things for you. Psalm 22, verses 1 through 18. For the choir director, a psalm of David, to be sung to the tune, Doe of the Dawn. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you remain so distant? Why do you ignore my cries for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy. The praises of Israel surround your throne. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. You heard their cries for help and saved them. They put their trust in you and were never disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Two. <clears throat> if the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you when I was a nursing infant. I was thrust upon you at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like roaring lions attacking their prey, they come at me with open mouths. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, melting within me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. 
an evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count every bone in my body. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothes among themselves and throw dice for my garments. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children after them.